Excellent, Allison. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And we have today with us Paige Patton, who's our wonderful guest today. How are you doing, Paige? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Excellent. So um, we've we've had so we've spent a lot of time together tonight and before tonight. Um, so so we know a little bit about you, Paige. But if you want to tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and kind of uh, what it is that that you do here in the Las Vegas community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I moved here about a year and a half ago, um, so I'm fairly new to the community, and it's been a really, really fun experience. I started my own coaching and consulting business. It's called Glass Always Full, and with the coaching and consulting I do, it comes from a strengths-based perspective, um, and that's kind of the unique aspect of it. Um, So I work with teams and individuals and help them see what's right with them pretty much. Um, it's actually funny because I am I know, I've listened to your podcast, I did a little research. I know Excellent. you guys call like this- people doing research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you call this the, the den of dissent. Yes. I'm, Adjacent. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. okay. yes. I'm familiar with the term. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but it's funny because I was thinking actually in a way dissent kind of describes where the the background of um strengths-based coaching comes from oh interesting it's a fun angle to talk about describe yeah what so so we know what strengths-based coaching is but describe to the folks listening what what is strengths-based coaching where does it come from yeah absolutely um it so the originator don clifton um he studied successful leadership for four decades and it and he was the originator of strengths-based psychology rooted under positive psychology that says what happens if we look at what's right with people Mm -hmm. and where this idea of dissent actually comes from which i think is like a really fun tie-in is if you think about traditional leadership um, and how we mold teams we look at what we need to fix with people right right if you look at our crazy self-help society uh, that has formulated. We read all these books and and watch videos on how to fix what's wrong with us. And especially if you look at our school system, like that's one of the things that when I um, think about like a lot of where my passion comes from, it's how our, our schools raise kids to f- focus on where we need to get better. And so, for example, if I come home with all A's except for a C in math, right? Mm -hmm. The teachers and the parents, everybody collectively, will most likely say, okay, we need to work on that C in math. We need to get the C to an A instead of focusing on, oh my gosh, look at all of these amazing things that you're great at. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe math isn't your forte, that's fine, right? Like it's not it's not permission to do poorly necessarily, but it's permission to excel where you can naturally excel. Right. What comes naturally and yeah. easily to you. And so um 
so this idea flips it and says like we're, we might be kind of doing it wrong and um and so where can we focus on where people shine and really going against that theory of well-rounded people like that that's not a thing to strive for it doesn't really exist like no one's mm. really well-rounded um but we can be really unique individuals and we can shine with these natural talents that we have and so um that's my fun kind of <laughs> tie-in but that's where this comes from is he kind of flipped what was traditional psychology in the work world around the world internationally um and and then did all this research on how do we assess individuals talents and so this what a strengths coach means is i use the Clifton Strengths assessment that measures you you take the assessment it measures all of these different types of talent and rolls them into 34 themes and tells you what's rising to the surface right like where your natural talent um that you can pull from most uh most frequently and most easily from um where that's coming from and really where coaches like me come in is what to do with that right like how right. how do I understand this yeah. Um, about myself and use it um, in the workplace. And so I really, I love it for working with teams because then it it brings a new lens to the table and a new form of communication. We were talking about that earlier, right? Right. Of, of having these, this new language um, that unites rather than other languages that um, come from the lenses that we bring, right? So, so we are all such unique people and we carry with us our experiences from gender and, um, you know, our ethnicity and, and the orientation, um, uh, or, or excuse me, the, the religious affiliation, um, and like what neighborhood we grew up in, you know, like all these things that play right. a role in how we perceive the world and the filter that we use and the lens that we have. And so then if we can bring a strengths-based lens to the table and focus on where we're able, able to naturally shine, um, it helps not ignore all of those other things that, that make us who we are, but it, but it helps us focus on, again, the good in people and, and not what makes us different, but what, what, um, brings us together in in the strengths language and then in addition to that where we uniquely shine Mm -hmm. right okay okay very insightful and so how did you how did you come into this line of work did you have a coach or a mentor that was like listen like pointed out your strengths at a young age and you're like this is what i'm gonna do (laughs) right i wish (laughs) i wish and so i I, it's funny that you say that because i consider myself the coach i wish i had when i was in corporate america so i really wish that i knew about this so many years ago and i honestly i came into knowing about Clifton Strengths. It used to be Strengths Finder, um, the Strengths Finder assessment, and they just rebranded. And it's very, it's like a confusing time because people are like, "Oh, I know the Strengths Finder is that the same thing?" And yes, it is. Um, it, so I got laid off from a great consulting job, and it just it shook my world. And I had really struggled climbing the ladder in corporate America, and really. Um, Outwardly, I think it, you know, seemed like I knew what I was doing. And I, in, inwardly, I had all of those insecurities. And I really 
when I sound out what um, a strengths coach is and how even just having like a type of business coach can help, mm-hmm. um, it it really shifted my perspective of, of um, you know, it's I, so I talk about it like therapists, right? There was a time when therapists were not common and right. and it, it was almost taboo, right? Or it was taboo at the time. Yeah. And, you, and you didn't really talk about it and you didn't really think about it as much. And then it started to become like, oh yeah, I'm struggling with problems. Like maybe I should see a therapist. And I'm in no way saying coaching replaces a therapist um, because they are different things. But, but my point is, is I look forward to a day when coaches are as common um, and as sought after as therapists in the way that we, you know, Google, I'm, right. I'm having problems with life. Like yeah. I'm struggling. I'm going to Google a therapist near me. Right. Right. So I want people to, I'm, I'm so excited for when our society kind of gets to that point of how can a coach help me? Like how, how can, and especially, um, I love dealing with gender dynamics. And so especially as a woman who did face a lot of insecurities, like I would have loved to have had a coach in my corner. For right. a lot of that. So, and, and I'm curious, um, I mean, I 100% agree with you that I think coaches and therapists should be things that, like, none of us have a problem talking about. We need, like, if we're, we can't be experts in everything, right? Like, yeah. so, like, having someone that helps us, I think, is really important. So, if you want to kind of, you know, talk about, like, what a coach can do for you and how that can help you out. And so, you know, like, maybe we have listeners that are like, I mean, you know, I like my job, but, you know, maybe I could be doing more or, exactly. you know, what, why would, why would I go to a coach? So say I've never seen a coach before. Um, why would I, why would I want to see a coach? Um, maybe both from the individual perspective, but also like maybe I'm a supervisor and I'm like, well, you know, why would a coach be good for me and my team? Or I'm yeah. satisfied where I am in life. Right. Why do I need this person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That right. was the situation yeah. that I uh, that I was in like a couple of years ago when the opportunity to be coached mm. came up. And I was like, no, like professionally and emotionally, <laughs> I'm in a really good space. Like I don't need this outsider insight. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, later, like things um, shit hit the fan, and then the the need arise. But you're of the idea that in order for someone to feel like whole and complete, like a well rounded individual, coaching coaching can help, right? Well, not in order to. I mean, I I don't I I think for some people, like to your point, I think for some people it can be an added bonus, right? Right. Um, but for some people, it's very much a need. And I, I'll, I'll ask, answer your question with a question of can you 100% say, one, you – and I'm, I'm speaking very specifically to strengths coaches, right, mm-hmm. to, to my world. Um, but when can you communicate what talents you bring to the table – like, can you identify those? Do you know those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your unique talents. Um, and two, can you say that you actually get to use those in your role every single day? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where gaining that outsider perspective. So beyond strengths coaches, right? The outsider perspective of any type of coach mm-hmm. is can be extremely beneficial because we... we what's the expression? Like doctors are the worst patients, Mm -hmm. right? Like we are so good at seeing everybody else. We are horrible at seeing ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. our level of self-awareness in general, um, is 
pretty shallow. And so when you think about um, having someone who, who knows, you know, kind of like the right questions to ask to get, to get you thinking on that next level, um, the, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just being able to help you assess on a level that you don't, you wouldn't think of on your own, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then in addition, like if you get the, the strengths coach, um, bringing in that strengths language and helping you understand those sides, like those two main questions that I was asking you, right? And so if you are coming from like to Jacob's first example of, of you know, maybe I'm a manager and I'm struggling with how to manage my team and a coach can come in and say, well, here's, let, let's talk about your team dynamics, right? Oh, this was what I was trying to think Eh, trying to say before is the outsider perspective. Mm -hmm. So having that outsider perspective and someone to challenge you um, in a way that we don't normally challenge ourselves or we don't think to ask ourselves those questions is really valuable. And then especially with teams, like when you are close to a team, it's the same as being close to yourself. You don't always see your blind spots. And I think that that's something that's really interesting and important to know about and so one of the from several years ago one of the criticisms of Clifton Strengths or Strengths Finder and and Strengths Coaching is that we tell people to ignore our weaknesses and that's not true so so definitely it's about developing strength and shining people's talents and we all have these unique talents right but it's not about ignoring weaknesses. It's about managing weaknesses. And it's about mm. understanding where our blind spots are. And I think that that's really important, especially in the work environment. And that's where, you know, there's different kind of types of coaches. And there's health coaches and life coaches. Right. And for me, I knew I really wanted to work in the business world. Um And so I went through a lot of phases of terminology when I was creating my business of I'm a business coach, I'm a career coach, right? And people are trying to wrap their heads around it. And it is kind of still a new thing to wrap your head around. And so, yeah, it's going to take a while, I think, for for coaches to become mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's definitely one of my goals is to is to really have it be a mainstream thing and specifically strengths like I want every kid to know their strengths i want every parent there gallup who produces this assessment um for those who don't know gallup like i remember gallup from the nightly news when i was a oh kid, yeah, yeah and they yeah. would say the latest gallup poll says you know 15 percent of our nation is happy right, <laughs> right? yeah and so um but for those who don't know like gallup is a is a pretty well-known international polling mm-hmm. and research company. And um, and they produced this assessment. And so I'm one of 6,000 certified coaches by Gallup in the world, which blows my mind. Like, it, but there are not enough of us. And it's you would think I wouldn't say that because I don't want competition, but it's the opposite. Like, I want more coaches out there because I want more people to understand their strengths. Like I feel this passionately about it. Um, and so anyway, I was, I, my tangent on Gallup was that they actually have had, so StrengthsFinder 2.0 has been the number one best-selling book on Amazon of all time. And, mm-hmm. and most people wow. have never heard of it. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. And they have strengths-based parenting books. They mm. have strengths-based leadership. Right. Um, they have, you know, books on how to bring strengths into your schools. Um, they have another one coming out in May that's all about the manager. And you see these trends in corporate America of how managers are being um, challenged almost to play more of a coach role versus the, and leadership, mm-hmm. right, versus the authoritative role. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden this word coach is kind of being used in management and in leadership of how can, how can they bring that sort of mentality from the top down, um, which is really interesting and it's different. You know, it's a different term or usage, I should say, of the term coach from like a strengths or a Gallup certified strengths coach, right? Like it's a different right. usage, but still it's really interesting to me that that's where leadership and management shifts are going, especially with the trends with millennials and, and kind of the stereotypical rebuking of traditional management. Mm-hmm. So can you break down what your workshops look like and how both an individual and a group can benefit by learning what their strengths are and like, cause you're, you're talking about other things besides their strengths. Like it's like, well, I'm def- I, not that I'm deficient, but this is what I bring to the table mm-hmm. and this is what I'm asking for other people to be able to uh, function fully. Can yeah. You, can you walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the fun thing about it is that, so you can take the, anyone can go right now and take the assessment mm-hmm. on the Gallup website. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, I'll just take you through a little bit of, of what it means so that um, you can kind of understand the background of it a little bit. So you answer 177 questions. It's time, just about 45 minutes. You can take it on your own, right? And then you get this report. And what it's really doing is it's measuring all of these measurements of talent that exist within human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's anything from can you analyze um, a situation well or, or, or can you you know, influence people. Are you good at taking notes and writing tasks or writing lists? Excuse me. Are you good at accomplishing tasks, et cetera, right? It's taking all these things that that are measurable components of talent. And it wraps them up into 34 talent themes. And so I think I mentioned that before. Like you start to understand what talent themes are rising to the surface Mm -hmm. and where that is truly important is to know that because this is such a deep measurement, like there are plenty of amazing assessments out there. And so I, I never promote this as like the one and only, like there are great ones that, that um, are beneficial in other ways. What I love about this, two things. One, it it's background of positive psychology and focusing on what's right with people. And that's mm-hmm. where I love the idea of like, we're flipping on traditional, um, I don't want to say values, but like traditional what like systems yeah yeah for sure um and then two it it is so detailed that because it's a, a measurement of 34 different themes so the chances of someone else having the same top five just the top five of all of these 34 measurements of talent the chances of someone else having the same as you in the same order is one in 33 million. 
And when I learned that statistic, like that just blew my mind because we, I think that we tend to go through our days thinking, you know, I don't really have, I mean, the average person, right? Mm -hmm. There are truly talented people out there who are like, I'm, I know I've got this and I'm the shit and that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Right. But (laughs) there are a lot of people out there who think I'm not special. You know, I can do this thing, but it's Mm -hmm. not really a big deal. And Mm -hmm. that's where someone, so to answer your question of how can this help people individually, that's where someone like me can come in and, and kind of shake you a little bit and say, actually these things that are so close to you that you probably don't even, you're not even aware that you are doing this or that you're functioning on this level. Not everybody does that, mm-hmm. right? So the, so the easiest way of explaining it is like the little girl sitting at the table. This is a true story that um, a friend was telling me her daughter was sitting at the kitchen table drawing this beautiful piece of art. And of course, she's a young teenager and you, you know, as a young teenager, think that you're awful and everybody's awful and it's a really hard phase of your <laughs> life. And um, and her mom says, well, we've got to enroll you in art classes. And she mm. just says, mom, everyone can do this. This is no big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's like you need that that outsider perspective to kind of shake right. you and say, this is a big deal. Like this is something that you can truly leverage. And and shine and use and be effective and be happy in what your role is, right? And right. the fact that it comes easy to you. Exactly. Sometimes you don't recognize. I mean, it, it's it's a wonderful attribute, but because you do it just like secondhand exactly. nature, you don't really realize that it's actually something extraordinary and like yeah. other people really have to struggle or really work on doing that, right? Yep. And, exactly. And I think it's the realization of, so I'm really good at this. What if I actually so you know what if I did this for work right I mean like that's part of it so like okay so my job is really monotonous but what if I'm really good at x y and z why am I not working where I can flex these strength themes as opposed to trying to work against my strengths exactly and improve improve upon it so what I really liked when you gave the present uh the presentation to Mm -hmm. us at the uh, YNPN board mm-hmm. retreat uh, for our listeners uh, page here is on the Young Nonprofit Professionals Network board uh, of directors and she led a workshop for all of us a bit of group building and strength, fi- strength finding and you gave this example of two groups of kids and so one sped read at whatever rate and mm-hmm. the other did at another rate and then a person came in and gave them a workshop and taught them in an hour how mm-hmm. to like improve upon that and like the people the kids that were reading at 50 words an hour um you know they were able to duplicate uh, double what they were doing and the other group was able to do it like seven times faster and the idea is that if you give the tools and resources to people that are already doing something pretty it like that comes innately mm-hmm. easy to them if you improve upon that they'll be able to produce that result like at a way higher um rate and that's something that i, I identified with Exactly. And I'm, I love that you bring that up because I think that that is something that we don't think about. We think the opposite. And, and I ask this question, I give this example, the one that you just gave to so many different groups, so many, um, different types of people, all walks of life. And the answer is always, there's gotta be a cap. There's gotta be Mm -hmm. a ceiling, right? And so we think if these people are already starting with this innate talent inside of them, they're already starting at a higher level, they can't go much higher. Right. That's that's our natural instinct. And I think that that comes from our system. I think that comes from us, 
in school telling everybody to be well-rounded and it creates mediocrity. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we shift our thinking and we, and this is why I want to get strengths everywhere, right? Like I want everyone to shift that thinking and truly understand that if we focus into that um, area of, of natural talent, not only can we be happier because we're doing something that comes easily to us, but yeah, we can make money doing it. What? And we can work well in a team doing it and we can be effective and happy at our jobs. And by the way, our companies make more money. Right. We don't, we don't run companies that way yet, or it's slowly trickling into that direction. Um, and I think it's exciting. Like there is a lot of talk right now going on about culture in organizations, right? Mm -hmm. And how do we mm -hmm. create a people first culture? And so that is paving the way for a lot of this, which is really cool. Um, but to your point, when working in teams, when you have that understanding of someone, actually, let me give you a very specific example, because this is why I love talking about gender dynamics, right? So, so I have taken, um, I've, I've taken those, I've, hmm, how am I trying to say this? Okay. We all kind of know that like males and females think differently, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> like, I was just thinking men are from Mars, women are from kids, Venus. Like, like yes. we all kind of generally <laughs> can say that. Right. I think everyone's had an experience. And so Instead of me, for example, as a woman thinking, man, this dude's just kind of a jerk, right? Mm -hmm. And if I am only seeing him as other, um, right. we're not going to get a lot done. But if we, if I come in, now now I as being the coach, right? Or we'll say Allison's the coach. So if Allison comes in and she's the strengths coach and she brings the strengths lens, so she helps us understand these words of how I function and how I work and what I bring to the table and what I need from my teammates to do my job better. Mm -hmm. And now I'm understanding this about my partner, who's the mm -hmm. man who I previously thought was a jerk because let's say I like to think before making decisions and he is like, <laughs> let's make this decision right now. And I'm feeling pressured and I'm thinking that he's asserting his male dominance and I'm just truly hating him, right? But all of a sudden I have learned that he maybe comes from a perspective where getting things started, getting projects started is his superhero power, right? That's right. a little bit of like where he really excels. He's the get it started guy. And so now if I understand that about him, I'm hopefully, right? Like no longer necessarily thinking, I mean, maybe he is still a jerk for different reasons, but I'm understanding where he's coming from. I'm understanding what he needs to do this project well and where his motivation is coming from to do his job well. And it brings communication. It brings a level of understanding. Mm. Um, I used to say this before I learned about Clifton Strengths that I was a social butterfly in my office for a reason. And it's because if I truly knew you and we were having a day where, like, not everyone gets along, right? And right. especially when you're in deadlines and you're on hard projects and you're going to kind of bicker with your coworkers sometimes, right? But if I knew you and I and I got to talk with you about your family and, and all of those fun things, um, then I could come from a place of understanding rather than judgment. 
And I think that Mm. that to me is a lot of the underlying value there of if we can increase understanding through the strengths lens, um, it actually, there's a ton of research behind it that shows it increases productivity and increases the bottom line for organizations. So Paige, hold hold on one second, one second. (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, Is there any research on like the percentage of women versus men that employ the services of strengths coaches? That's a great question. I don't know. Because I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm yeah. just kind of thinking out loud. Because what you're describing right now about like the male-female dynamic in the uh-huh. workplace, about the women trying to understand where the man is coming from and how to approach him, like you're just describing female life. Like that's how we operate through life. And sure. we're always like thinking, like we're always trying to accommodate other people, right? Fair. Children, the elderly, men in our lives. We think about how we dress, how we get mm-hmm. to work, etc. We're always thinking about others, but our men, like I'd be like I'd really I would find it very encouraging if the same percentage of men as women were like seeking out this type of um, you know, introspection about what the other person is thinking. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I'm going to go out on, go out on a limb and say that not as many men are interested, are as interested in learning about what the, you know, the female on his opposing end is, is thinking. Fair, except for I think <laughs> men would be really excited. Do you see why I couldn't let you talk? To you? Yes, <laughs> I see that now. Thank you, Allison. I would think that men in business would be excited to know, um, where they are coming from a place of strength to do better in business. Like mm-hmm. I, w- I would think that they would want to use it to leverage their position. Um, maybe not coming from the community. Uh-huh. Um, I want to understand others aspect, yeah. but I don't know. Or, I mean, or pla- Jacob, you're a man. Someone or make <laughs> I mean, better. and, and I, I definitely think I, my goal is definitely to understand others much sure. more. Part of that's my job. I work with volunteers. So I want to understand where volunteers are coming from, why they're here, um, you know, what is it that I can provide to them to make their experience better. But I do think that's also part of my personality mm-hmm, is that yeah. that's, that's, I'm really focused on the other person a lot mm-hmm. in what I do. Um, I mean, my funny answer was if you won't really want to know what I'm thinking, Allison, number one, I'm thinking about cookies. And then yeah, two, I'm thinking about other people. So mm-hmm. it's cookies first, then other people. You want to bring people cookies. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And if someone doesn't like cookies, then I get personally offended, even though they're not my cookies. Yeah. I still am just... They're just not why, your type of yeah. people. I'm like, why do you not like cookies? <laughs> Sidebar, you've never brought me cookies. Excuse me, there's cookies on your table right now. That's true, that's true, that's true. Do they have <laughs> co- coconut? Yes. I don't really like coconut. Just putting it out there. I'll the take numbers. them. All right, perfect. So at least, <laughs> least one person here respects the coconut. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You but you, you, just, yeah. you both understand what I'm saying yes, here, right? Yes, for sure. You are not... You are not representative of your your gender, Jacob. You are a you know supreme <laughs> human being. Stand down as a man. Wow. No, you're, you're you're a wonderful person, a wonderful man, but you're not representative. Okay, of the majority can, out there. Can I address? Yes. Why I actually have recently taken a slight shift because I I actually do want to address that. Mm-hmm. So. My, one of my major underlying motivations is I I want to help more women get into leadership positions. And I thought at first, great, I'm going to coach women only. Like I want to work with women. I want to, um, I want to give women tools to empower themselves. I want to give them confidence boosters, all those things that I wanted when I was trying to rise in my career, right? So that being said, 
it was recently pointed out to me, and I'm very thankful for it, that we, we, we can't have this conversation without men being in it, right? We, we need to have this conversation communally. And whether it's in the business world or politics right. or raising kids, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? Women um, need to be in more leadership roles, um, but and they need to be doing it with men around them. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a big um, sort of learning moment for me in my thought process of realizing I do want to work with men and women in teams. Like mm-hmm. even though right. I really do want women to excel and thrive and rise in their careers, um, I think that to your point, we we have to have those conversations together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whether or not the men are coming, like whether, no matter what their motivation is yeah. for taking the assessment and learning this individually, I think it's really important to have it in those team dynamics. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, I, I respect that. Um, when not empowering women um, through, well, teams, men and women, but um, mm-hmm. got to support uh, female entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, what do you do in your spare time? What other endeavors are you involved in? Coaching young girls to grow up and be badass women. <laughs> Excellent. So still, uh, still in the same realm. No, I'm a volunteer coach with Girls on the Run. Um, it's What's this that? amazing, amazing after-school program. It's a national program, and I, I didn't know about it until moving here. Um, but it it's about three months long. It takes place two days a week. After school, it's for third, fourth, and fifth grade level girls. And um, it has three components. It's self-awareness, self-empowerment, understanding emotions, understanding how to stand up to bullying, understanding what beauty on the inside means, like all of these great topics of learning how to be a good human being Mm -hmm. to others, but also how to love yourself and go through um, a lot of those really tough childhood moments Uh um, of of developing and learning and and asserting your voice. Um, So that's one component. The other one of why it's called Girls on the Run is we run together. So half of Mm -hmm. our hour and a half together is the fun activities and then we incorporate them into moving our bodies um, and running laps and doing different types of um, energetic activities and it um, culminates at the end of the season with a 5k run that we do at UNLV together and um, yeah it's really really fun it's really cool and the third component is a community impact project and so then the girls get to vote on what they want to do for their community Um, last year they some of the older girls the fifth graders learned how to make slime in Uh their science class and we put slime into balloons and made stress balls and they Mm -hmm. decided the um, group that they wanted to serve our uh, people serving in the military and so we made them stress balls oh, and cool. the girls wrote cards to them thanking them for their service oh, um, nice. it was amazing and they mm. came up with it on their own and I think a lot of times the schools sponsor us to the schools who host us a lot of times the community impact project is for that school maybe working on a garden um, or some type of beautification of the school mm-hmm. itself that that we're using right but right. Um, it's cool also when there's a project that comes 
where we get to uh, reach out to others in the community. Well, and so. that's they awesome. take initiative, yeah. right? And they're yeah. like, this is a cause that's dear to me and I want to get involved and Absolutely. give back. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. These little girls are amazing. Like, I'm so, it's so fun. It's And I've always been a runner and three miles is kind of my max anyway. <laughs> so oh, it nice. works okay. out. We're all kind of on the same level. Very that's um, awesome. Yeah. And like you mentioned, I'm on the board of Young Nonprofit Professionals Network. So um, those things kind of keep me busy. Excellent. And yeah. so where do you like to eat and drink alcoholic, non-alcoholic? Where are your favorite places to hang out? Because we know as an entrepreneur, a lot of the work that you do is is like out in the community. So where do you like to hang out? What yeah. are the places that you like to go to? Um, I think in terms of restaurant, I will not lie. Like I cook a lot. I haven't, mm-hmm. I have not found a local restaurant that is like my go-to spot yet like for dinner necessarily but I'll say um I'm at coffee shops all the time (laughs) right so those are those are kind of my jam for all of my meetings that I have um so I would say public us I'm at probably most often because it's centrally located Mm -hmm. um shout out to public works on water street in Henderson um I live in water street right and so they they have a great space there um, there's a small local one in my neighborhood called Schemos. So I'm, I don't know. There's a lot. I'm, I'm a big fan of f- frequenting the local coffee shops. Well, and that's important we because yeah. we, we love <laughs> coffee shops also. And there's so many new ones that I'll drive by and I'll be like, wait, that's new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a bad owl near me now, which I did not know. Bad owl On the south, Southwest mm-hmm. side. I have never been to the main one in Henderson and I've never been to the one near me, but there's mm-hmm. one in the Southwest now. Yeah, it's Shout fun. Out to Bad Owl. For those of you who don't know, it's a Harry Potter themed right. coffee shop. What? Yeah. Did you not know about this place? Uh, maybe vaguely someone at one point told me, yeah. but now that I'm hearing it, what? It's Can Harry Potter now? themed. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Let me pull yeah. out my Hermione, Hermione <laughs> costume and let's right. go. It's fun. They have like a, a what's it called? Butter brew? Butter beer. Butter beer. Yeah. They have a yeah. butter beer latte, I think. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of sweet drinks, so I okay. actually don't really order their fun stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a fun vibe to That's go awesome. have a work meeting and oh. kind of pretend like you're a kid again. So then the last question <laughs> we ask everybody that's new. Uh-oh. The first CD you ever purchased. <laughs> it, it, if it's embarrassing, right. the better. Yeah. Because ours were embarrassing. I feel like it's half embarrassing and half cool. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, my first CD I purchased was Ace of Base. Excellent. Okay, nice. As was mine. Was it? Oh yeah. <laughs> no the, way, really. Ace of Base the sign was the first one that I purchased. I promise. With my own money. I did not hear you say this in a previous no. podcast. I've only said it on one podcast. Yeah. So, oh, really? so that's it. Yeah, that that's was my number so one CD. Yeah. yeah. I would say my other CD that I really jammed to was Garbage. That was like my oh, my nice. angry phase. Oh, uh-huh. that's such a good CD too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so great. Uh, I, yeah. They, were, they played here last year. Did yeah, they really? uh-huh. they frequent Las Vegas actually. Did they? Yeah, oh, they okay. do. Okay. We love nineties music. I mean, here. Shirley Manson is just I, like right? a queen. But I yeah. feel like that's a, a really big departure from Ace of Base. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But female power, man. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. totally. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you know I didn't even know, but that was maybe the beginning of my uh, my whole path of female empowerment right (laughs) if we we were both a little bit older Mm -hmm. and would have been living in the same city i feel like we would have gone to lilith's fair back in the day oh 100 percent so incredible yeah Yeah. you would have been there too oh you're darn right yeah 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 we'll do we'll have a lilith fair 
2.0. I mean, Alanis Morissette's yeah. coming this summer, so that can be like kind of like Lilith <laughs> Very Fair. Very true. She all, she was on Curb Your Enthusiasm, just by the way. I heard yeah. she remade Isn't It Ironic with all um, modern day yeah. uh-huh. scenarios. Oh, I have not heard. I this. haven't heard okay. it, but I heard of it, and I think that that's pretty genius. Yeah, right. I think it'll just be too depressing, and I know I don't need. To. I didn't know. Right. If, I didn't know yeah. it was Trump related. I just heard I it was mo- more like, modern day. Yeah. But yeah, that's maybe I don't want to listen to. it. Probably not. No. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Well, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. Um, and we have enjoyed, we have been joined today by Paige Patton. Thank you so much for being here today, Paige. Thanks Thank for you having very me. very much, uh, Paige. Las Vegas is very, very happy. Yeah. I'm very um, excited um, to have you in the city and to, you know, the work that you're doing in the community, empowering women. Uh, female entrepreneurs, it's very inspiring. So thank you for that. And it's a pleasure to serve on the board with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's so amazing for me to know you guys. And I, I'm slowly becoming, or quickly, I should say, becoming um, a big fan of the podcast. So thanks Slow. for having well, me on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and you, you have been up for our many uh, adventures. You went to the Damn Short Film Festival with us and yeah. will be joining us on the first Battleborn field trip. So ah, I'm you know, so excited for our field trip. It's yeah. going to be great. It's going to be yes. good. It's yeah. going to be good. This will come out after it. You all will miss it. Oh, so, uh, you'll see the pictures. You. <laughs> you'll have to come on the second one. So it's going to be probably even cooler. Yeah. yeah. But, so stay tuned, listeners. That's right. Yeah. So uh, today we were joined by, as always, my co-wrangler, Allison Yanez McKay. Yep. And Jacob, obviously. Right. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and <Good. laughs> as always, our episode was produced by Jose Sotelo, research assistance by Ashley Pacheco, and creative design by Berta Gutierrez. And let's not forget Raven, who wasn't with us in, in dog form today, but in spirit, she's always here. Always. All right. Yeehaw. Bye, camperos. It has definitely been a pleasure to have Paige on Wild and Free. If you would like to reach out to Paige for more information about consulting or coaching, you can visit her website, which is glassalwaysfull.com. Because I can spell, that is G-L-A-S-S-A-L-W-A-Y-S-F-U-L-L.com. And you can send her a message through the website, She also has her phone number there if you would like to call her. And there's just some information about her services, coaching, team building, etc.